da 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 I already pushed record on QuickTime. Hey, Luke, how are you? <laughs> oh, this feels good. Oh, this, man. This I feels good. Mu- almost a month. Almost a month, Luke. I know. Three weeks. It's been, it's been a long time. It's gross. And the last time, time we talked was about immigrant children, and everyone either loved us or hated us. No, let's not talk about that yet. I'm still not not ready. Um, <laughs> uh, I was going to tell you something, and I forgot. Oh, yes, if you hear the air conditioning in the back, let me know. I will uh, shut the door. And But for right now, to not get too hot, I have my door open. I think it should be okay. Now, when you have your door open, that means it's open to your bedroom, right? Yes. And your yep. wife is in yep. bed? Uh, no, she is on the couch watching The Office. She'll probably fall asleep on the couch. That's kind of what we tend to do when we podcast. Nice. I wish my For wife was being. accommodating. <laughs> well, I think it would be different if I uh, didn't have to like record it. Like, I have to go through the – yeah. if I wasn't recording right next to the bedroom, it would be, it'd be different. But Yeah, so, your apartment, and your apartment is, layout is weird, but I like it. It is. It's it's old. It's old. So it's got. It's not. Um, it's built to house just like hey, here, like these um, people can stay here. You can stay here, and then here's the bathroom and a kitchen and a living space. There you go. <laughs> You're welcome. The 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 1880s. Everyone. The 1880s. It's like, here's a stairwell that goes to a front door that goes right to the open living room. You got a balcony. You got a kitchen. You got a hallway where the bathroom is, and then the bedroom, and then, oh, is this a closet? No, sir. It's the podcasting room. A whole other room. (laughs) What's this door? This must be the closet. Oh, no. That's the back staircase. (laughs) (laughs) So people can kind of come in through the back, hang out a minute, plan their attack, and then come right at you in the bedroom. Exactly. Exactly. They can... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Speak, speaking of which luke what have you been playing with <laughs> what have i been playing with what do you mean by that you're super hip the catholic card game cards i assume the answer is oh oh yes it's not on uh, no, it's not unopened on my desk in my hands right now with the plastic still on it oh good um I'm very excited to try it out. Uh, for for those of you that might remember, a couple weeks ago we partnered with. I'm drawing a Blake. You gotta back me up on this. <laughs> Matt and Lisa. <laughs> Matt and Lisa. I knew their names. I was like, does their organization have a name? I'm the worst friend ever. With our friends Matt and <laughs> Matt and like Lisa for uh, the Catholic card card game. It's kind of it's uh it is in the spirit of apples to apples or uh, uh, cards. Oh gosh! Against I, humanity. I'm, oh, how about how about yeah, I just so, take over this part? No, you, you wait, 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 Oh, so yeah. Who gets a cold in July? This family. Luke. Sorry. Does. Anyways, go on with your mocking. <laughs> so, anywho, I uh, 
I get the cards. My wife picks me up at the airport from one of my speaking gigs. I think it was Stu Ben from a, from a speaking gig thing. She picks me up from the airport, and she goes, you have a present. And I say, sweet. So I, or a package, excuse me, not a present. My wife doesn't buy me stuff. And uh, it is this big box, FedEx, UPS, whatever. I open it. It's the Catholic card game with the Catching Foxes expansion pack. I am giddy. It is official. So I open it up, and I start to read some of the cards. And I realize two things off the bat. Two things off the bat. One, you can clearly tell the cards that are made by me and you because they're more insulting. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can tell the cards that are made by Matt and his wife, Lisa, because they essentially are a, uh, a beautiful homage to the show because you can tell they are listeners because so many of the cards are are just literally quotes from the show or references to individual shows that if you've never listened to our show, you're not going to know anything. And that's what makes it awesome. Such as here's a card <laughs> that just says. I want to open this up right now. Three words, having a stroke. <laughs> Being single in my 30s, an amateur preacher, Catholic Twitter, supporting every Catholic on Patreon, knowing more rap lyrics than Bible verses. Uh, being forced against my will to listen to the crunch. That is such a great one. You can tell that's insulting we came up with that one. Constantly functioning on four hours of sleep. That was me being shirtless in the confessional. Again, that was me only drinking sippable beer. Like, these are really, but here I think is, okay, here's the tribute to you, Luke, that I wrote. I think I wrote this one. No, I might not have. An artisanal podcast. (laughs) A rejected marriage proposal. Not reflecting the views of my employer. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Not reflecting the views of my employer. Disney taking all my money. Anima Technica (laughs) Vacua. Oh, my gosh. This is so funny. Avant-garde jazz. Um, Knowing that vinyl records are worse than CDs. I love that one. (laughs) Having a superior complex. (laughs) The theology of my body. so funny. And my favorite. Knowing what? Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, my favorite one is gently tossing Michael Voris's quote-unquote hair. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is so great. <laughs> Knowing too much about cervical mucus, <laughs> preachy teenage musicians. Um, this is wedding receptions at the Knights of Columbus Hall. This is so <laughs> funny. Um, Leading adult oh faith gosh. formation is difficult because of <laughs> blank. In my dreams, I am blank. Blank led me to believe blank was morally wrong. Some of these are literally just like straight quotes from a show that they thought was funny. They wrote it down, took out a word. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I From the desire of destroying blank, deliver me Jesus. <laughs> Being brutally honest about my feelings. <laughs> the theology of, oh, my gosh. Your joke, the theology of my body made it I into know, a game. I know. How fantastic I is know. That? Sarah Nickel, whom I stole it from, is going to be prepared. It's going to be pissed at me. I said prepared at me because I just looked at one that says, Lord, prepare me to be a blank. <laughs> Disney taking all my money. Post evangelical. <laughs> the one of the so the yellow cards have the <laughs> sentence with the blank, and then the white cards are supposed to be the blank, right? And uh, yes, yes. I so this one is I ran out of money on pilgrimage because of blank, and uh, it's so funny because that was when we had at the time Brother Peter Francis, now Brian Kell. She he left the order, um, and he's getting married soon, which is cool. Uh, Wait, what is he engaged? He, he got engaged. He got engaged. I don't know. I don't know if he's even on Facebook anymore. But yes, he got engaged. 
and uh, I was 20 euros short is the, is one of my favorite episodes of all time. And he is, he gave away 20 euros because he thought the train ticket only cost 100 and it turned out it cost 120. But that is such a great line. <laughs> I ran out of money on pilgrimage because of, oh, it is such a deep cut into the life of the foxes. Oh, my gosh. And the funny thing was, uh, listener of the show, an all-around good guy, Scott Thompson, he uh, he he got his card game right before, I, I want to say it was Steubenville Atlantic or Orlando, one of the others. And he is literally holding up cards that talk about, like, Father Mike Schmitz, and he's in the room with Father Mike. And then he has one that just says Matt Frad on it, and he's holding it up. It's so funny. And Matt Frad is holding it up. Man. It's so great. So great. I feel bad because I got this in the mail over the weekend. And over I, the weekend. Weekend. <laughs> when did you meet? Uh, <laughs> you can't uh, help yourself, and that's why I'm in love with you. I love that quote. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so I, like, Aaron got sick on Friday, and so I was spending, like, the whole weekend just trying to, like, take care of her. Then I came down with it on Sunday. I got the game on Saturday. I never really got a chance to, to open it up. I've been out of uh, commission until pretty much, like, Tuesday afternoon slash most of today. So, um, so I apologize that I haven't had a chance to look at this yet. But, oh, my gosh. This is, like... This is a pretty powerful moment f- for us. Like, this is kind of amazing. Look, people, real products in the real world. Mm. Hey, everyone who's a Patreon fan, one day I'll send you those stickers. I'm actually going to send them all out this week. <laughs> uh, can I? Can I? Can we just have like an honest moment here, really, really quick? I wish that you would, Luke, in our so artisanal is, podcast. Yeah, this is not a. This is not against the people who did the game at all. This is against. This is against you. I don't. I don't I really like that. Like, I don't know if I like the Fox logo. Why? It's it just I. I love our logo, like the Catching Foxes. I just think it's so great, and I feel like it's just such like an off-brand image. Mm. I get it. It just feels very like it doesn't because like, I. I just I think it's because I just I, that I really love the Catching Foxes logo. Yeah, I do too. You well. Do. And you thought of that, like, in, like, two minutes. It was kind of insane. I know. And one time you wrote me an email, and you're like, hey, what's the font? Someone wants to make a shirt. And I'm like, ah, I can't even find the original file. I have no idea where any of that stuff is. I have no idea. I have looked on my computer for hours and hours. And I'm like, where? I had a Catching Foxes folder. Where could it have? Please come and do business with, with, with us. We're very responsible people. Her works to partner with me. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what is your guys' – I'm sure you guys have a plan for for the next five five years. Yes. Mm. Yes, we do. Yes, Jason, um, man who has his crap together, we have a five-year plan. It's called keep doing this once a week, maybe once every other week. I like money. I have a little. I keep it in a jar above my dresser. I would. I would like to have some more. That's where you come in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sir, building his resume, teaming up with people that he enjoys. I understand that you have five-year plans. I basically have like a five-hour plan for my life. Here it is. Make money somehow. <laughs> Um, oh, hello, sir. Um, uh, you two guys seem like you are two two people who are unable to really to really follow up on anything at all. That's not constantly in front of your face. Um, what could go wrong about me trying to help you guys keep this thing going? Hey, you guys are probably married to women who have their shit together. 
uh, can I talk to them instead of you about the future of catching fire? My wife doesn't listen, and I'm sure she can make better executive decisions about the show. I have a feeling that you're the kind of uh, the kind of people who really only do this because you have to, not because you think that it's the right and good thing to do. It's more comes from a place of need as opposed to mm, uh, a gift <laughs> or uh, you know um, a desire to like make an impact. And if um, and if like you guys ever have that have like need being questioned, your ego is going to fall apart horribly. Um. Yeah, you guys sound like you guys have your stuff together. That makes sense if if I'm not sick. I'm sorry, everyone. Have a good night. That would have been funny if you just made it shorter. Just made it a little shorter. <laughs> no, no, no. I have to keep going and going and going and going. Mm-hmm. I totally understand. I totally understand. Okay, so there was this great meme that I saw. <laughs> okay, so we all like... What is a meme? Who knows? But there's this meme that it's I a saw virus. on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, supposed to be. that said like if you could like if you could basically share one 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 story from your childhood that fit your adult brand, what would that be? And I would be curious to know like for you, what would that story be? That kind of fit like who you are as an adult. Like what's a one what's the one story of you as a kid? What now define shows kid. like define, is high school a kid? No. Let's do like uh one to twelve. Ugh, one to twelve. A story about me that kind of defines my adulthood, like something significant. Yeah, like your personal brand who you are <laughs> my personal brand i just want to say i hate I that really term but it makes sense i know i know i know i do too but i think but this is a meme that the kids have been in enjoying so huh. okay well the kids can't be wrong <laughs> yeah it's true hmm. do you have what you clearly have one because you thought about this mm-hmm. okay you go first and yeah, i'll think so about when emily and i were kids emily was the guest on the show way back when she's uh we had to we had to like rake the leaves over at our grandparents' house, and I would just take my slow ass time, and Emily would work really hard and have these great organized piles, and then once she was done, I would just run and jump in them and like <laughs> screw it all up. She spent all this time <laughs> getting these great piles. I would be slow as hell, and then once she was done, I would just go in and just destroy the whole thing. And that's me. Well, I mean, that's not really your fault. That's more her fault. Exactly. Yeah. She was, yeah, trying to get things done and have it look it's well. like, stop trying so a six-year-old. <laughs> we get it. You have a work ethic. Huh. What would my story be, Luke? What's my story, Luke? You don't have a lot of stories of... <laughs> that was very high pitch. <laughs> you don't have a... Um, <laughs> you really don't have a lot of high story... Oh, my God. This is going to be a great episode, everyone. <laughs> um... You don't have a lot of episodes. Oh, shit. I'm so sorry. You are a I'm so sorry. Of a human I am. I am. I'm just so tired. Um, you don't have a. You don't ever really share a lot of stories from your childhood. It's more um, adolescence on. Hmm. Like I. I mean, I, I'm honestly trying to think of a story of you from when you were like eight, and I can't really think of anything. Oh, man, what a, that is a, I, this is literally a difficult question for me. I mean, ah, hmm. uh, I don't like that. Your story is very perfectly you. 
you're goofy, it's funny, you're pissing off your sister, and I imagine you having a perm. Uh, you destroy well-organized things. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, <laughs> instead of trying to appreciate what, what like others have done, you just, just, you just destroy it. Yeah, 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 that sounds like you. Yeah, no. I think Brian Kissinger would really agree with this. Man, when I was eight, girl beat me up in third grade. Uh, that works. Yeah. Uh, in six, is sixth grade too old? Fifth grade? No, no, no. Let's no. That's that's fine because you turned twelve in the sixth grade. Uh, maybe it was a little bit older. A buddy of mine. No. See, these are just stories. I don't know about emblematic. You know, I don't. I don't know about these significant. Well, here's one. Here's one. Oh, I I think this might work. Well, well, okay. Um, I was the. Uh, star of a play uh, for fifth graders, and I was in first grade. I was so gregarious. <laughs> and you, yeah. and uh, I was the star of the play, and my character's name was Freddie Fast Talk. And I, had, and I was supposed to play a crummy agent who just always wanted to be in front of cameras and be in the limelight. And uh, I, had, <laughs> I, had two, I had two solos. And the name of the play was called The Runaway Snowman, and I had to sing... I want to put you in the deep freeze because that's how I was going to keep making money off the snowman. And Luke, you are my snowman. Uh, and then the other song was I'm going to make you a star, which is still accurate. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> that's, that is very That's you. a good one, right? I, can that's I, a good one. Yeah, no, that is very true. Can I tell you a story about a play I was in in the fifth grade? Our, so my school would do a class play every year. And I always wanted to have a part, but they wouldn't cast a kid with a speech impediment. So um, So, one year. So you were the tree again. (laughs) I was like, oh, great. The chorus again. That's funny. Very outgoing. Anyways, uh, we did a there was in the play like one of the characters has a stutter and uh, the way that the characters was able to like uh, talk to everyone was through the get the song because most people who have a stutter are able to to sing just fine and i was like i'm perfect for this they have to cast me and they didn't and i was crushed (laughs) i was like i'm literally perfect for this hi i am the ultra extrovert who would love to be in front of a large group of people i have a stutter and the stutter goes away when i sing so (laughs) just saying realistic (laughs) that's like that friends episode where joey couldn't land the role of an italian american (laughs) Exactly. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, and it's really weird because at the time I was an agent to an actual living snowman. There you go. See, weird, weird. I know. And we called that snowman Chris Miller. Um, <laughs> hey, Rudy now so- lives in Denver. <laughs> oh, nice. I want to talk about uh, the Catholic card game really quick. This is yeah. so fan. This is such a cool game, and I cannot wait to play this. Uh, this is you can't. Really, you cannot buy this right now because this is from everyone who did the Kickstarter. Uh, sorry, who supported the Kickstarter. But they're going to do this again. I don't know if we're, are we allowed to announce that? Uh, I think we can just say in general terms, they will do another Kickstarter to get more out there because this was like a lot of people liked it. Yeah, and I think once people like it really started to spread like uh, like, um, like wildfire on Instagram and other things like, like that. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, actually, I'm going to have my mom in town in a week. I, th- I think I'm going to try to play this with her. I think she would really enjoy this. I feel like your so. mom would just like Cards Against Humanity. Because she, <laughs> she dirty. 
<laughs> yeah. If anyone is extremely is extremely dirty, it's Patty Carey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. Oh, uh, yeah. My mom, who, like, wouldn't allow me to, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, Luke, finish that sentence. I wasn't able to watch any of the cool films. I watched Besides Wayne's World. From the time I was, like, six years old. We've so literally talked, to... yeah, we talked about this, like, seven times. I'm sorry, everyone. We're out of material. Good night. Uh, I could talk about Fortnite. I love the game Fortnite. I haven't tried it. Okay, so I actually do have a topic to, di- to dive into. We've done about 20 minutes of banter. That's good enough, right? John Boy and Billy BS? I'm from Yeah. Ohio. Suck it, Wade. Wade. Do you want to do the immigration f- stuff, or would you rather make that a Patreon episode? Because uh, It's not that I want to make it a Patreon episode. It's that I have nothing to say right now oh, because I have immediately launched into conference season and have not done a single ounce of research other than the articles that I threw in there. Because I want to make it a Patreon episode, a Patreon episode for a lot of reasons that I will express on the episode as opposed to right, right now. But um, we took a beating on that one, man. Uh, not we, we entirely. A, not entirely. Not, no, it's true. It's true. Well, here's the deal. We people don't freaking know how to disagree without, like, fa- but a lot of our fans were really, really good, like, who totally disagreed with us. We got a lot of really yeah. good feedback from people being like, well, I can't wait till you do another episode because of X, Y, and Z reasons, and no one brought up this and that. I, I mean, I think all those criticism, the vast majority of criticisms were very fair um, because uh, I just want to say this one criticism that I, I enjoyed. This one woman said something that bothered me about the show is that Gomer acted like he was an expert, and he's clearly not. But even though the, all the stuff he said might be true, and so I think what my issue was, um, I was very like, I don't know, I'm I'm I don't follow the news, so I didn't realize that there was this like whole Trump argument that was like, oh yeah, well Obama did the same thing. In fact, it was even worse. So when I was saying all that stuff, I, it wasn't like an apologetics of the, the policy, right? So, yeah. But a lot of people did think that. And so I got emails of people being like, no one, no one was incredibly angry with what I said, but they had, like, but everything I said was 100% true. Freaking guy, it was like a concentration camp. He could not come up with another word. Mm. So I was on vacation while that was going down in this great resort, which I almost died. Did I tell you about that? Oh, you mean your hilarious falling yeah. down thing? I oh, literally Luke. could have broken my neck and died. Like, it could have been very, very bad. Ohio podcaster dies getting into hammock. Yeah. Ohio <laughs> podcaster breaks neck while in the hammock. Oh, yeah. wait, no, he uh, wasn't actually in the hammock. <laughs> oh, Ohio podcaster once again did not think through about regarding the consequences of his actions that almost killed himself getting into a hammock in northern Georgia. Right um, before saying, this is how it's done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that actually happened. Um, My so wife and I, I laughed so hard. <laughs> I know, I know. So, anyways, going back to this thing, all I was seeing was the email we got from a buddy of ours, and I was yeah. like, okay, interesting. Um, and then, like, all this like Facebook stuff, and so finally I was like, you know, it was more of a discussion than like a here's the deal. And if you don't want to hear it, go and listen to like you know like something else. I'm a little tired of all of this, and I think I was just tired of like our like the human race and things, <laughs> and um, that kind of backfired. But whatever. 
Um, well, here, one of my things, so I have I mean, no idea what you're talking about, but wait, wait, one wait. of my things in particular is, Go ahead. like, I agree with our buddy that wrote the email to us, like, 90%. I, I mean, like, I, it, but I yeah, feel like I'm yeah. being demonized because I don't agree 100%. And, and all of a sudden, I've become a monstrous Catholic because I'm pro-life but don't agree with him 100%. I agree with him 90 95%, but I do think Obama can do bad things. And I do think Trump can do good things. But I do think Trump is an asshole who has done a lot of bad things with all this stuff. I wasn't negating the bad stuff that he had done. At least that wasn't my intention. But well, he, and, and, a lot of people felt like I was. So that was. And, yeah, and like, it's like what I want to talk about isn't so much about like that email because we never really got to like chat with him. I mean, I had a good chat with him about like a few things, but it was I was on vacation, so I was trying to. Uh, keep it sparse but a lot of the comments that we saw and some things that like also happened in work and it really and i bring this up as someone who is guilty of this and who who has made this a personal goal of mine for the past like three months or so i heard father james martin on the art of millionaires podcast and he talked about about jesuit spirituality for everyday life and one of the things that he brought up was the importance of trying to presume the good. That when people are doing things and their actions and, and, and what they say, always presume that it's coming from a good place at first. Like the first thing you should do is presume the good. And I've really been trying to do that. And because I feel at that, like you can hear it on the podcast in a whole bunch of episodes. I'm not going to say which ones because I really want to move past it, but it's there. I'm not, I'm not proud of it but it's there so i know that i'm guilty i fully admit that but i haven't tried to work on this for a while now and as i've been trying to work on this i see especially in our culture nobody does that like yeah, you nobody the worst yeah yeah or we go you're completely wrong you're you're a huge fucking asshole here's why and i'm at the point right now where i think i might quit twitter I don't want to do it because I, I, there are things about it that I really do uh, enjoy and like. But I cannot take the Trump nominee for Supreme Court. I, I just don't know that much about him yet. Haven't had the time to really look into it. But I can't take everyone just going after him. I, I think I would feel the same way if it, if it was Hillary and it was just someone who wasn't Catholic or whoever. I think I'd be like, I can't, I can't deal with all this hate with all this. I, I just, I literally can't do it anymore. And the problem is, is everyone like craps on everyone else and then complains about how everyone craps on everything. But no one wants to give anyone um, the benefit of the doubt. And so I'm really having a hard time with like our culture in this. And I include Catholics in this just as much as everyone else. Like I'm really at a point now where I, um, am tempted to like um, really cut back on how much I engage with people online or in general besides like um, face-to-face for anything that's really heavy, just not respond to it because it's just emotionally exhausting. Would which, you listen it, to which, the last um, Pints with Aquinas? No, no. So he had a priest who was a... Um, Sorry, Matt. Trained at MIT, got a... Got his PhD at MIT in biology, and uh, I, I don't, I can't remember all of his accolades. But the dude is super smart, has a theology degree as well, 
and he does all this um, work in genetics and something else. I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. So uh, this guy talks about this exact, uh, this exact problem where he says, you know, Matt Fratt is talking about new atheists, and he's like, you know, they don't want to listen. You know, they, they can't listen, blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, yeah, but the Catholics are the same way. He's like, you might notice it a little bit less against Catholics because they're called to be charitable or whatever. But he's like, anytime we feel threatened about our core beliefs or identity, we are always tempted to demonize the other. And then the priest is like, well, demons do exist. The atheist is not one of them. They are human persons. And uh, I thought that was really interesting because he talked about how um, one of his big problems is not the atheists that he is with. They're curious about how a man can be so into evolutionary biology and at the same time a Roman Catholic priest, a religious ordered priest, right? And so he's trying to piece all this. And he's like, they ask him questions all the time. They wonder, you know, how cool, uh, you know, is his life? Like, what does he do? How fascinating spirituality is, all these things. And he said, but the you do encounter people who are like that. And he's like, and I really do feel like these are people who are afraid of losing their faith or whatever it is, losing their Republican identity or Democrat identity or losing their pro-life identity. And so rather than listen, they, and they, they just get instantly angry and I don't want to look like an idiot. So I might get flustered or angry or write something rude. Like I'm trying to think of my own self, right? Like why do I write stuff on Facebook and in order to engage in a Facebook debate, like why would I do that? And I think for the most part, I feel like oh, here's a piece of information maybe you didn't know. This is why I believe it. But if it's someone, like, hostile, I will, like, I do feel threatened, even even this Facebook wall. <laughs> like, like I feel threatened, so I feel like I have to take them to the mat, you know? I got to wrestle them down. And, and I will resort. I'm not very quick to get as emotional, I think, as you are. But what? I still, <laughs> I still get very emotional. So I've learned that Facebook is a terrible place to solicit information. And I think a genuine scientist who is humble is open to the possibility that he doesn't understand everything. You know, one of the, one of the, the tragedies of social media is basically everyone has a pulpit. Yes. And everyone has a pulpit, and they're not thinking about what they're saying from the pulpit. Everyone wants to be famous. Mm. They want to go viral. And tragically, the more unreasonable and the more bombastic you are, the yeah. more the more chances you go viral. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't like viruses. So <laughs> I work with those. So I don't. So I, I I work with people who are genuinely trying to understand the world around them. Now, one of the things that's that my friends and my acquaintances who are scientists will tell me is that they didn't realize how sophisticated theology can be well and i think even with it's not just on there but like no no it's all social media because even though they're your friend you're still behind a screen you're not looking at someone in their eyes it's any tech thing because like i i had an email that i received that really set me off um and i want to go i have to be a little bit careful here so i'm not going to say for what for whom or like where this came from so it could be anything um and I was, and it was funny because I sat there and I thought, this person thinks that I'm an idiot. You know, and it just, it was so, 
I didn't know this person at all. It was just so like hard. It, it was so. I, and, and there's this thing. I have to be really careful here. Um, within the church, where it's almost like we think, prove to me that you're orthodox. Oh yeah. Prove oh, to me yeah. that you're not. You know. And so oh, I was. Yeah. It just was. It was. It was just insulting. I mean, to be honest, like just the tone of the tone of the email and what the person said was insulting. And I've been trying to like. I've been trying to like let it go. But there's a part of me, if if I'm really motivated by anything, I think one of my core things is actually justice. Like I don't like it when people pl- when people win by playing like dirty, or they don't like when it's when there's something like when a th- when a thing is owed to like another person. If, if like anyone does anything that like isn't right, it drives me crazy. Like it really really bothers me. Um, so you're not a fan of say Bill Belichick? That was a, that was a <laughs> oh, cheating sure. sports ball. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, I don't like things. I'm like, well, I'm sure I kind of do like, Bill. but um, but yes, that is a really great example. Like, oh, I remember, you kind of do like him, you hypocrite. You're <laughs> I a like hypocrite. the Patriots. <laughs> um, I just I, think they play great it, football. Is it funny that I called him Bill Belichick because I uh, wanted to say uh, the Giants? And I totally forgot it was the Patriots. <laughs> I was like, it's not the Giants, is it? It's Maybe. the Giants who beat him twice. Um, but, you know, this – and um, so it just – and I, so I was like, do I respond to this or not? And I was like, but this is wrong. What? How this person said this was wrong. And I was like, I think I'm going to say something back. And I was – I tried to do it in a way – Hey, it was like, hey like, you. I know hey. that you meant well, but like, I, and I, I, I like, I, it's clearly obvious to me like you meant well by this, but I want you to know something. <laughs> so I kind of just like had my response. Hey, you, hey, friend. And I try to give this person th- the benefit of the doubt that I, f- sorry, the presumed good that I felt denied a little. And, and it just, and that's when I was like, you know, this is like, I think this is what really is starting to get to me. It's just like, no matter like how we communicate, especially within the church, there's just this thing of like, prove to me that you're good. Well, you may have gone to Steubenville, but you didn't go between 2001 and 2005. So I don't know if you really know Steubenville, <laughs> which is absurd, you know, or, um, you know, you didn't go to Steubenville. I don't. I haven't heard about you before. I mean, I've I've had this. There are groups where I've thought I I don't know you. Why is that? What's wrong with you? Like, why haven't I heard about you before? If you're doing this big thing, and and that's just, that's how prideful and arrogant is that of me? You know, and I just um, that's all I got on that. This is when you start to come in with your witty banter. Well, okay, so. <sighs> I mean, I've been the victim of that too. One uh, recently, someone wrote me an angry email about a program that I want to do, Alpha, and I was really upset. And I knew I was really upset because we're trying to evangelize atheists. I'm not trying to catechize fifth graders. Okay, so that that's the difference. I'm trying to evangelize atheists who don't give a crap. How do you get them to give a crap? Alpha seems to be working. Literally thousands of people who were atheists are now devout Roman Catholics because of Alpha. Okay, so that's it. So this person writes me an email. Now, this was a saving grace of this person. She ended the email that was upset at me, uh, had literally 15 church militant links in it, uh, an extended quote from Archbishop uh, Shapu, and 
um, and, and something else. And I was really frustrated, and I knew that I was going to speak from emotion about something that didn't need to be replied to immediately. And it was someone essentially saying, what you're doing seems to be very, very wrong, and you need to justify yourself to me. And when they wrote that email, I was incredibly upset and frustrated because it, it felt super personal. But she ended it with this line where she said, but I've heard you speak, I've seen what you do, and I trust you, but as of right now, I cannot understand why a human being would make this decision. So there's like a dig, but also a compliment, but kind of still a dig, you know, like, so I wrote mm-hmm. back, I, or, so I did not write back for three or four days. And then I carved out an hour or two hours, and I wrote back a careful email that that I absolutely, whenever I hear people that come, you said it best, prove to me that you're orthodox. Prove to me that you are, that you're, for most people, orthodox means a conservative Catholic, that you're not giving away like the liberals mm-hmm. do what, what our most essential teachings are, that you are conserving them, right? And uh, so I knew that she was writing from that perspective, like, are there not enough good Catholic things? And the, the, there aren't in that, in that, in that genre there aren't there's nothing out there that currently Mm -hmm. exists that does what alpha does not at all but the people are upset that you're yeah go no no sorry this is such like a pointless thing and i and i and i think alpha's done a great deal to make alpha um, work in a catholic con context yeah and which is what it's called alpha and Catholic context so Mm -hmm. i informed that pope benedict not pope francis gave 30 seats to the pontifical council for the new evangelization into um, the program, uh, or to Alpha, excuse me, um, Father Reniero Cantalamesa, who is JP2's personal retreat master, and Pope Benedict's, um, and Pope Francis's for a while. I think Pope Francis retired him, but um, he was he's on Alpha board or whatever, and he's an endorser. And Matt Marr, so hello, cello. So, and I, I've seen it done in parishes really well, and you know what happens when people complete Alpha? They join RCIA. Now, if a Catholic went on Alpha and then left the Catholic Church, I would be nervous. But what we're finding is people go to Alpha, and then they're really excited to go to Mass. Mm-hmm. And so I just expressed, I wrote this huge two-page response to her, but my, this was my thing. is I said to this woman, I know you love the Church, and you want to make sure that the Church is doing what the Church ought to be doing. So thank you for calling me out. Thank you for saying this. You know, I do appreciate it. And she wrote me back. I didn't read her response for about a week because I was, I was honestly like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to write even more and do all this stuff. And she just, said, she just said, you know what? That was the perfect answer. That's what I was looking for. Thank you so much for clarifying. I love what you've done with our church. And I was like, oh, oh, not expecting any of that at all. <laughs> that went well. Okay. Score one for the Gormley. Yeah, well, more like one million. Am I right? Up top. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, uh, I don't we'll, I, we'll listen, get there. My life is so much better now that I'm not on uh, Twitter anymore. I mean, it's it's better, Luke. It is better to not be. There's nothing yeah. that you're getting from it. It seems like it's making us miserable, but it makes us feel like we want to be part of the conversation. There's a few things. Uh, yeah, but it's not worth it. There's a, is it is it worth your faith? Well, that's the answer. Yeah, a little extreme but point well taken no no um, i mean like you're getting fresh you're not getting frustrated at i mean i'm sure you are because you're luke but 
you're not necessarily getting frustrated at soccer fans. I'm sure you are because every sports ball person. Oh, that's it, yeah. But you're, <laughs> like, you're, yeah. but it's not as personal. Well, maybe for you it is. For <laughs> you know, I really don't know how to do this conversation when I'm talking to Look, you. The problem might be you. <laughs> <laughs> Methinks you should follow more positive people in your life. Maybe shout out Jake to uh, uh, some counseling. How about that? Maybe we should I, try to work on that. I didn't say it out loud, but everyone has been emailing me that you need it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, you're, are you, um, me and Aaron actually had a huge talk about it based upon my reaction. She saw what I wrote to like those people's comments on the immigration episode, and she got really mad at me. We had a long talk about it, and so. Yeah, it's, I'm probably going to go to counseling for it because I'm just like I do get too angry too quickly about certain things. But I, but but that all being said, I still don't think that like this stuff. I think you're right. I don't think it helps. I think even if I didn't have like anger issues, it would still like just be like a toxic place. I can be wrong. No, I mean, okay. So study after study shows that getting on social media, especially the big like three or four, right? So Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter, right? Those are making people more miserable, Mm -hmm. yet we keep going to it. And here's the clincher, because it is addictive because of its gaming, its its rewarding system, the dopamine hits, all of those things is meant to be uh, is meant to be addictive because they get paid and the stock market gives them favorable ratings and all that stuff when they show growth. And one of those numbers, one of the metrics that they use, one of the matrices is um, screen time, view time, right? So whether you're talking about eyeballs on a web page, right? That was a big thing. How many seconds do people stay on your web page, right? That that was that's a huge metric. Well, now it's how 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 long are they staring at Facebook at the app on your phone so that they can sell that data to advertisers? Not that they're like, hey, he spends 120 minutes staring at his uh, Facebook on his phone, but that they're like, look, we have the eyeballs who are spending time here. You want to divert your dollars here instead of over there, right? Yeah, I think. And so, but what I'm saying is that. So I'll just end right here. The the psychologists and psychology, which used to be about helping people, this is what the one article on Medium says. It used to be about helping people. Now it's about tricking and hacking the brain to get people to give up their money and to give up their time and to give up their attention. And it's making us miserable, and we don't do anything to stop it. So just walk away. I think, yeah, I, I think you're right that the pain outweighs the benefit because what does suck is so I just read a really great article on England's defeat in the World Cup, found about it because of yeah. Twitter. And it's really, really good. Very well, very well written, very well thought out, very well researched, like just very um, informative, not your typical like, narrative. I, and I was like, I would not have found that had not been for Twitter. I can't really think of the last thing I found before that over the past week. You know, so it's like, am I willing to sacrifice getting articles like that every now and again for the peace of mind that comes from maybe not being on there? I don't know. Yeah. Do you know who does a good job on Twitter is J.D. Flynn. Yeah, but J.D. Flynn is superhuman. I know. I know. It's ridiculous. J.D. Flynn is like the Francis of Assisi of media. He is an editor of the Catholic News Agency. He's yeah. he's got it. He has self control, or else he, he loses job. He has a prayer life. Oh, you do too, don't you? I know. Oh yeah. No, no. I've just been. I, every time I get sick, it's always like. Bee. 
<laughs> Goodbye, prayer. But Luke, yeah. I wanted to supernaturally heal you. <laughs> but Lord, I'm napping because I can barely stay awake. <laughs> My body aches. But, um, but Lord, this is the only time when I'm sick is the only time I get to binge watch uh, The Office. What are you doing to me, Lord? Did you see that tweet? That's exactly what me and Aaron did. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, we went through. I mean, because we were literally just like, okay, we're both really sick. Um, what do we do? <laughs> like just because we we have never had that before, and the answer was Uber Eats and the Office. Oh, good lord! You guys, you guys are killing me. What <laughs> we were re- we were legitimately like really really sick. So it's just like oh, I mean, I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, Luke Cage. <laughs> no, but it was nice. It was just like it was really funny. We could like fall asleep because it would because like. Aaron was like on the black chair with the green chair as a use that as like as like an ottoman, and she finds that incredibly comfortable. So I laid down on the couch, and we just slept and watched The Office and ate and slept and watched The Office and like there's nothing else to really do when you're that sick. You just kind of you know. Yeah. No. I mean. Yeah. (laughs) The. yeah, no, it's funny. I'm just, I was just joking, but um, oh, I know the son of a bitch. But it, I mean, literally, it's killing us. It's back the to office. social media and the oh, office yeah. is killing us. I mean, it's it is. Post season five is miserable. <laughs> California, whatever your name is, you are terrible at the office. Um, but yeah, I'm just I. I my life has gotten so much better now that I don't get on this stuff all the time. And I keep telling people, it's amazing to me that I don't. It was not a conscious effort of mine. I just got really busy. And for the first time about being really busy, I actually kept up my prayer life in the middle of it and not giving mm-hmm. up halfway. And um, I now have the best prayer life I've had in forever because I just am not sucked into that as much as I was. Now, I go on the, – really, the two things I do on Facebook is this. I, uh, I go on our, our Catching Foxes page and read the comments, and then I post funny status updates. That, to me, is the heart and soul of Facebook. That's it. That's all you got to do, man. You – sorry. I, you actually cut out for a bit there on my end, so I missed what you said. Oh, you I said s- that's all you got to do, man. Okay. Well, I'll edit this in post. But all I do is freaking update my status updates and go on the Catching Foxes page. Uh, yeah, that's probably what I should do. <sighs> Maybe I will. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, what is life? I'm telling you, you're not going to miss anything. Okay, because let's say you read this really awesome article, right? That you mm-hmm. that you're sad that you wouldn't have caught otherwise. Your life's not changed. I know, but you know, your your, your life literally is not improved, and you probably could have found that article if you Googled enough. It's true. You know how I feel about the FOMO, though? I know. And that's what's killing us. So real. Um, FOMO is very real. It is. It's tough, man. It's. I mean, it's just like, do you ever feel like sometimes with all this stuff, it just like reverts us back to high school? Yes. Like, high school was so, college was so hard for the FOMO. College was so hard because you sure always. sure was. Because, well, one of the things was, especially your freshman year, you feel like if you don't do all the things, you're going to miss out on what could be, like, a great moment in your life. It never is, but you feel like it could be. 
Well, actually, I would disagree with that, but I would add that what ends up happening is like you do – you can't like miss out on things, but you don't trust that those things are going to happen regardless. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, I'm going to miss out on having a friend or doing whatever, and it's like ah. – I mean, you'll you make friends. Yeah, yeah, you'll make – there's a, you don't have to go to every party. You don't have to go to every single thing. You don't have to read yeah. every tweet. You don't have to follow – like, mm-hmm. you don't have to follow douchebags. And if people I, – I don't know why we do this to ourselves. Well, the hard part is, yeah, it's, um, I think maybe I will just delete my Twitter, but I have so many followers now <laughs> and they're all making me miserable. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Should I delete it or should I just like not go on it? Just stop using it. I, but that's not going to happen. Why? Because I know me. I listen, I am an all or nothing person. I need to <laughs> probably just delete it. Does, yeah, I, listen, I, does, do you feel like this, the, just deleting it is like a ritual? Like, how many no, times have you just deleted No, because I've never just deleted Twitter. I haven't ever deleted Twitter. I've deleted, I deleted my Facebook once, and it was great. But then my mom and aunt got all, aunt, aunt uh, D and my mom got all mad because they didn't know what was going on in my life. Oh, well, yeah, you got to respect the D. So, yeah, of course. You got to respect Whatever that Aunt D wants, Aunt D gets. That's so true. Uh, she's in She's out in France right now, and France is in the is probably going to win the World Cup, so that should be fun for her. Ooh, yeah! We should go to Dee's house out in France, do a live. She has a house there. in France, mm-hmm. Avignon. Sorry, Avalon uh, in France. So we we could go and stay and hang out. She would love it. And then what? We Come just, up with a five year plan for catching foxes. Is it okay for our five-year plan of catching foxes to just be to keep doing catching foxes for five more years? <laughs> that's that's is probably that, good. Is that good enough? Is that good enough? Is this still count? Yeah, it does. Um, no, actually, no. We could totally all because all we'd have to do is just pay for the flight out there. We could totally just hang out at her house, do a little retreat for ourselves. Yeah, I'm just saying. Little, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a retreat. <laughs> for ourselves at a house. It's no a sense. really it's a it's a, a beautiful small town out out in France. It's it's incredibly gorgeous. Luke, I'm sure it's lovely, but I'm not going to have a retreat if I'm out there. Okay, what I'm going to do is <laughs> booze it up like a gentleman. We should pay a thousand dollars to go and do a catching foxes retreat in the middle of nowhere in France. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something I'm gonna do. Sorry, Shannon, I gotta go on a retreat. Where? France. <laughs> you know what's funny? Is if we had the money we would totally do it. In a heartbeat. <laughs> In a heartbeat. Like I have no doubt that we would absolutely do this. Do we have to take our wives? Oh no. Do we have to take our wedding rings? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> different continent, different rules, baby. <laughs> like it's two thousand two. I can finally tuck my shirt in and the front and untucked in the back again. <laughs> back and sides. And it's that sides. sweet <laughs> period of time where like slim like leather jackets were cool again. Oh, man. Oh, man. You remember? I call it the age of the carpenter gene. Oh, man. I, I could really. I could go for cargo pants coming back in style. So much storage. So much storage. I'd be happy with that. I'd be really like, oh, this is my. This is my game. I live here. <laughs> I feel like we're getting close to a point in time when the late 90s style has got to come back. Right? 
I mean, we've been living with the 80s for like 20 years. And the early, I mean, there's a bit where like we're kind of still in like the early 90s phase. I think we're kind of getting out of that. And I'm like, okay, can we go to like 98, 99? Mm. Mm. We just Mm. skip ahead a little bit. Can we all agree that rap and rock need to come together again? (laughs) Come on, Limp Biscuit, lead the way. Now I know y'all been loving this shit right here. L-I-M-P, Biscuit, is right here. Fred uh, Durst just goes, I've been waiting 25 years for this. I'm not going to f- this up right now. <laughs> move in, now move out. A hands up, a hands down. Why my voice so whiny? <laughs> he has a whiny voice. I'll yeah. every word. Because <laughs> if you don't care, then we don't care. Uh. So, Luke, I'd like to talk to you about something serious. Let's, let's do it, my friend. Mm. We've done a, our obligatory limp biscuit joke. <laughs> we really need Ding. to get new jokes, man. We, we, we are recycling things so badly. No. The, that's a bit. People like bits. Luke, <laughs> what are you reading? I just okay, so uh, I just completed a really really great book called "When the Dream Became Reality." It's by a guy named Bobby Warsaw, who's now a uh, content producer for MLS dot com. Uh, he was a professional soccer player uh, from for about. Uh, I think like six years and it's all about and he was just like a mid like not great but not awful but just like okay and it's about um, his experience and it's like what that was like and why he had to quit and just the ups and downs of that like why he felt like to just why he just like ran out of steam was like at the you know when he should have been going into his prime why he was like I don't want to do this anymore this isn't making me a really good person I'm this is just too emotionally exhausting I'm done. It was wow. fascinating. Sounds like he made a mature decision as an adult, uh, and like you should do about um, Twitter. Yeah, no, really, it, it was. It's really like I think it's really fascinating, and uh, I actually have thought about trying to reach out to him, which is the kind of thing I do now. After any time I have, a th- I like like read a book or like hear an album that I really like. I'm like, we should have them on the podcast. Um, I don't know if it would really fit our podcast, but I've thought about even just saying, hey, uh, would you want to come on? We'll put like 10 minutes at the end of a podcast and then the rest on our Patreon page. Because I just it's just such a different sports book. It's really, really, really good. When that the dream cool. became a reality. I, I like stuff like that. My, yeah. my book title is very similar. <clears throat> It's called The Day the Revolution Began. It's by a fellow named Bishop N.T. Wright. Really good author. Really good author. So I read a book of his called How God Became King. Um, How God Became King. And that, I feel like, is the more popular version of The Day the Revolution Began, which is essentially a book about rethinking the death of Jesus Christ and what it matters. Right? So... You, I think you know this, but I, I watch like a lot of YouTube videos of preachers, right? You knew that, right? Yes. You made me watch that one thing from the nineties. It was really awkward and long. Yeah. But I turned it off after 10 minutes, (laughs) 10 minutes, everyone, 10 minutes. I'm sorry. Go on. In case you're wondering, he's talking about reformed Baptist minister, Paul Washer, giving a talk at a youth conference, basically attacking everyone at the youth conference for being heathens and not really following Christ. Um, I've listened to a ton of his sermons and talks, by the way, but uh, I don't like him very much. But I, uh, I, I'm struggling with this thing in Catholic theology, or excuse me, in Catholic pastoral practice, where we just 
ape whatever's going on in Protestantism, and we don't understand it. Now, I've been saying that for years, but for years, that's really been just like a feeling I have. And now I feel like it's crystallizing around like actual doctrine and historical practices and stuff that I'm understanding in a much deeper way, such as the penal substitutionary atonement model of the Reformation. So what that basically says is following St. Paul in Romans, uh, so Luther says, and John Calvin agrees with him, that Jesus died on the cross for me. God killed Jesus. He poured out his wrath that is due to sin and sinners onto Jesus. Jesus took our death, and then he imputed, and that's the key part. So it wasn't just that he was the substitution. But then God created a legal fiction whereby he imputed Christ's righteousness onto us and our unrighteousness onto Christ, right? So it's substitutionary atonement. Jesus subbed himself for us. And then penal substitution, which is or uh, imputation. Yeah. So, like, it's, impar- it's imputed to us, his righteousness. Now, that's interesting. Uh, I was just reading a Catholic Oh, what do you call it? It's a charismatic book, booklet for retreat stuff. And I'm literally reading Protestant theology. And I'm asking myself, why is this in here? This is weird that this is in here. So the day the revolution began is an Anglican bishop rethinking the Reformation. I think Anglicans have a little bit more leeway than Lutherans or Reformed Calvinistic people do in rethinking the most fundamental principles of what they believe. Um, because, you know, John, uh, Henry VIII wasn't really attached to all that stuff going on in Germany. Um, and so the, the stuff that he wrote, basically he says there's a pagan view of heaven, a platonic view of heaven, which is, you know, we're a bunch of spirits, disembodied spirits floating around with God. He says that's not Christianity. That's not Judaism. That's not Christianity. That's Platonism from Plato. And then he says, And then our view of the death of Jesus is not Christian nor Jewish. It's pagan. A bloodthirsty God needs blood in order to be satiated. Hmm. And so I don't know if you've ever debated or gotten into a conversation with an atheist or you heard something from them where they say, like, God the Father is a cosmic child abuser. You yeah, ever heard, I've heard that? that before? Yeah. So it's I mean, not, I've had that brought up to me, but I've heard people say that. Yeah, that is specifically about substitutionary atonement or penal substitution because it's like i want to save these humans but man i just have to kill someone the sin deserves death you've offended an infinite god it deserves an infinite death therefore someone has to die and then jesus says i'll take all of their place right and so um it is fascinating to me to hear someone attack that that isn't catholic right now, there's this thing called Christus Victor, and it attacks it, There is, and, and which is grew up um, church fathers, but then uh, kind of revived in a, in a Lutheran context. Um, but it is, it is such a fascinating read, and I don't agree with all of it, but man, you know what it did, Luke? It, I was watching all these Reformed Baptist preachers and Reformed non-denom preachers and, and Presbyterians. Mm-hmm. I'm watching them all. I'm studying their theology because it helps me do RCIA better, and... There are some of their arguments that is rather persuasive when it comes to the book of Romans. And then I read this book, and I'm like, wait a second. They are wildly taking this out of turn. And so uh, I, I don't know. I really, I really enjoyed that book. And so I have been studying Romans for hours a day. It has just lit this fire in me, and I cool. love it. I have never been like this in my entire life. 
for me, reading scripture was either I was praying and I was just going to do a Letzio Divina on a small portion of scripture, or I was reading in order to like, you know, like plow through a whole book. But now yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to chapter two. I literally printed, I went and copy and pasted the Bible into Word or into pages, and then I deleted all the headings and all the chapters and all the verses so I could just read it the way Paul wrote it. You know, because the verses and chapters were all later inventions, right? And I don't want any subheadings to distract me from what I think the real answer is. You know, or, or you, know, you know, not like I'm going to solve anything, but um, to, to go through this on my own and to let Scripture speak for itself. And that's one of the things that I've realized that, like, in my talks, I feel like I can be very clever, but holy crap, I have got to be very scriptural. And I haven't always done that. And so that's what I'm trying to do. So it's affected me on, like, all these different levels. That's super cool. Yeah. Well, I read a book about a sports guy, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, it, and it all kind of coincided with Steubenville because I had to give the cross talk at a Steubenville mm. conference, right, right before adoration. Mm. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm just, I, I literally, I told them stories about prison, prison ministry. Did you tell them about us? Yes. Yeah, it's darn, darn right you did. I had so many people come up. That's how we found out about Spotify. Was people were like, yeah, I know. I listen to your show on Spotify. And I'm like, it's on there. <laughs> I was a high school student. <laughs> yeah, high school student. Austin. Hey, Austin. Um, and uh, Austin, you probably should wait a few years unless it does. Yeah. Let's be honest. Your conversations in your everyday life at the high school <laughs> yeah, are way more much worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. You absolutely need to listen to us, Austin. Going on. Sorry. Yeah, no, but I had to give the cross talk, and I was like, I'm going to just start walking them through Scripture, and that's what I did. And, and, and I've always used Scripture in my talks, always, always, always. But, like, I just grabbed the Scripture and just walked them through it like an expositional, you know, preacher. And it was it was a totally different feel. And Father Michael Schmitz wrote me a message, and he said, he said, wow, that was really convicting, the way you gave that talk as, for me as a priest. Hmm, that's cool. So I responded, did it finally encourage you to stop seriously and habitually mortal sinning? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling like crap. I'm I'm tired. So one more so hour? No, let's end this. But I want to do a 15-minute Patreon episode. Because <laughs> really? I think we need to do that again. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Catching Foxes. You can find us at catchingfoxes.fm for the show and for some blog posts. If you want to get your own podcast started, you can find some information and stuff that we use there. You can head over to patreon.com slash CF for Catching Foxes. I forgot our name. Uh, You can go over there on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash CF in order to support the show. If that's something you'd like to do, we recommend a $2 to $10 donation. If you want to give $500, we're not going to stop you. Uh, also, that is monthly. Um, you can find us at facebook.com slash podcast, And you probably can find us on Twitter and Instagram. But I'm going to ask Luke just to not worry about it for a week. Yeah, here we go. All right. And, it's, and instead, gonna... Luke, every time you want to tweet, read Romans. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is my favorite uh, part of the Bible. Because it's Reese Roper's favorite part of the Bible, so it's <laughs> always been mine. Mm. Mm. What, what is Reese Roper's favorite part of the Bible? Uh, it's Romans 8, according to a thing from 1999 on their website that is always just engraved in my mind. The whole chapter? Mm-hmm. They'd say, like, what's your favorite part of the Bible? He would say Romans 8. Mm-hmm.